got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> You make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hey, on today's episode, we have uh, one of the second-generation Portland Comedy Co-op founders, Connor McGrath, a local Portland comedian who someday will make it big. And uh, you can you can uh, you can you can uh, you can quote me on that. You can <laughs> you quote can, me on that. Connor will be uh, be a big comedian someday. I I, I I truly believe that. He has the talent. He has the uh, the drive and the ability, and he is fucking funny. <laughs> he's he's very funny. I remember the first the first time I saw Connor, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> That's awesome. I was I was a little more out of shape. You were fifty pounds heavier. Yeah, then. I was fifty pounds heavier. <laughs> I saw him at the in Lewiston at the Ramada. Okay, it was like so. It might have been like the second show I was ever gonna be on. Like Don Hartill was hosting a show there. Yeah, and I, I was think I the, was on that show. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, I was at the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so luckily, I'd already gone up. So like my my health wasn't. Uh, it, 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 I didn't need to be healthy anymore because I'd already yep. performed. Uh, but I'm at the bar and Connor's up and my sides are hurting oh, so yeah. much, so much, and I'm cramping up. It's the first time I've seen Connor. Yeah. And my sides are hurting so much. I really seriously thought I was gonna fall over, <laughs> and, and <laughs> heart attack. And I told I told Connor about that. I don't know. Maybe the that night or maybe the next time I saw him and he just said, oh, don't die. <laughs> don't die at one of my shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a reputation for myself, but not. Yeah. Not for actually killing, <laughs> killing, yeah. but not actually yeah. killing. <laughs> it was very, very funny. I no, really, I've, really... I've, I've seen Connor I've, since I've started. I've watched, I've been able to watch him at the different venues and, and, and do some of his shows and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, open mics, different things where he's just been there. It's just like every single time it's like, this guy's good. He's, he's good. He's better than most of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's frustrating <laughs> right. as hell because, you know, you want to be good. And then you, you see someone like him. It's like, Oh wait, that's right. There's another, 
God, there's another level. There's and, another level. And, it, and it's right here locally, you know, it's, yeah. it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's, um, it's uh, Bill Burr showing up at your open mic. You know, it's just another guy who lives in the same town as the rest of us. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like right. he's, he's a, he's from Maine. We went to the same high school, you know, but yet, damn it. You know? So yeah. I hope, I hope, I really hope someday he, uh, he gets to achieve a level of success that uh, is deserving. Yeah, I think it, it it's well deserved. He's yep. he's great, yep. great guy. Make him make him a millionaire, someone. <laughs> <laughs> Get on that because he's good. He's really good. So, uh, pleasure to talk to him. Um, just like all the rest of our comedians, but um, you know, it's nice to have it's nice to have some real talent that uh, someday we can say, hey, look, look who we talked to <laughs> back in 2021. <laughs> right. What did we talk about before we started? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, Something. you did cup. Well, no, you did mic technique, but that, mic was, technique. that was a picture. It was, yeah, it was more like a. Like, who holds it like this? Like, who? It's like. I like when people hold it <laughs> over the top. <laughs> I'm talking to it. <sighs> There's so many different <sighs> possibilities. Like, can you stop licking my microphone? This one's mine. Uh, <laughs> It is now. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You know what's funny? Um, we talk about competitions uh, uh, here and there, and uh, I did a competition the other night with 16 or so comics. <laughs> 16 comics. And I just got like halfway through after I was done with my set, I kept thinking about it. I was like, God damn it. Everyone is touching and holding them. And I'm like, <laughs> And it's just so close to the like, like, oh my god! You probably would have so gotten you probably fucking you germs. You probably would have gotten a laugh by walking up there with like a Clorox wipes box, right? And pulling out a wipe and just wiping the mic down, like hey, and just you know sticking that mic, stick, sticking that wipe, like I don't know, in your butt crack or something like that. Like, yeah, you yeah, yeah, laugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's a great, uh, that's a great thing. I should think of that. I'll do that, mate. No shit. What, what order were you? What number you were? In? I was number seven. Oh, so I was. Jesus, out of, six, uh, out of 16 comics, number seven, golden. Golden. Yeah. Golden. <laughs> Only a couple germs. <laughs> well, golden in terms of germs. And, and time. And time. Time slot. Yeah, right, because yeah, yeah. shit. I'm like, oh my God, like fucking midnight getting out of there. I, I want to say that, that, is, that I, I hit the sweet spot. Yeah. Because everyone had, it was warmed up um, and, and the crowd was still there and the judges were ready for something a little different. And I was, I was, I was able to provide that. Okay. So I think, uh, I honest to God, I think that's what it was. It's just, it's all about the timing. All right. So, if, so, so you, you know, we all have an internal running joke about you not knowing your set list. Like, mm-hmm. did you actually do well? Like, uh, you remember what jokes you're gonna do? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I didn't yeah. do half of them. But. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember them in the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had, I had the list in my pocket, and within, I wish someone had recorded it because within. I want to say less than 20 seconds. I was off. Uh. <laughs> I started my normal way, and then I went right into something else. Uh, did you do the ISIS? Nope. Oh, I really like that one. I do, too. Uh, uh, oh, the uh, it'll, it will won't kill you? Yeah. Okay. Death of me. Yeah, the death of you, yeah. yeah I did that one, but <laughs> I, also, I also talked to the judges. You talk to the judges? Oh yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, I wish, again, I wish some. Oh. I I I I talked to them. I did jokes about them. Oh. Um. And uh, I I actually used the stage. It was a big stage. You've seen mm-hmm. 
and uh, I actually walked the stage. And uh, yeah, was it a wireless mic or wired? Nope. No, it was wired, but it was you had plenty of slack, so okay. it was it was good. It was interesting. Um, I didn't feel comfortable until I walked up the stairs onto the stage, and at that moment, it was like, oh, I'm fine. Cool. How many people were there? Uh, I don't know. I, the crowd. If they, if there was a hundred people there, I'd be lying to you. But it, it seemed like there was a lot. There was nobody in the balcony okay. area, but there was definitely the floor area was pretty full, and then the bar area behind the behind the floor area was good. pretty full. So it, I I feel like I got some good laughs. Um, in that venue, uh, laughter does not travel well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know, acoustically speaking. I don't know if it's. Like, the crowd noise does not travel to the stage as well as the stage noise travels to the crowd. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm sure there's some scientific explanation to it. So I could hear people laughing, but I couldn't... Like, here at CBU, when someone laughs and you're right there on that stage... Right. You sense it. You feel it. Right. And you know where where it's coming from. Yeah. Okay. But on a a high stage like that at Aura, and, um, like, the people are laughing... I don't know. It's weird. They're laughing at your feet instead of your face. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like their laughter, even though they're looking up at you, their laughter's hitting the front of the stage rather than you. Right. Okay. I get it. I get it. It's but interesting. It's, now, could, now that could, I analyze, could you, could you now tell, analyze it. Could you tell from what direction in the crowd a, mm-hmm. a laugh was coming? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. And I could tell, too, when someone, like, snorted or, like, I get a couple of, like, you know, one-off All right. guffaws and snorts <laughs> and, <Guffaw. laughs> and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> and I was able to like point to them. Awesome. So it it went well. It went better than I expected. And and having a four-panel judge, it, it was weird. Yeah. And you've been to a show there, right? You you've seen it. Uh yeah, I saw uh, I saw Ray Harrington. No no no, but I mean, o- like you saw Gilbert. the competition, right? No. Oh, I thought you went to one of the nights. No, I wasn't there. I, oh. I haven't been to any of the competitions. So you stand, you, you finish your set, you put the microphone away, and then you wait, and then the judges assess you. They in, talk to you? In the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy like, shit, they talk to you after your set is over? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Right there, live and in person. Because the, the night's not long enough with 16 fucking it, comics? It did, Jesus. It, it did drag it out. But it, <laughs> it, 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 at the same time, it was cool because it was like, let's put them on the spot, too. Like, they don't just get to judge in a vacuum. Oh, okay. They have to justify the fact that, you know, we're going to give you a, a, a blah, whatever. Okay. And this is the reason why. What'd you wear on stage? Uh, I had a black t-shirt and jeans and you didn't, you didn't You didn't rock the sports coat? I thought about it, but it was so goddamn hot and humid. Oh. I know. I know. So you had to like the, the, uh, the 40-something, I know. You, know, you know, the algebra teacher look. Going. Yeah, there's that picture of me from Trinkin that's really good. Yeah. With the with the jacket on and like I'm leaning back and like my hair is yeah. all crazy. And yeah, a picture of you at a theater at Monmouth also in a, in a jacket. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. That's a good picture. That was mm-hmm. that was pre-pandemic when yeah. I was more clean cut. <laughs> yeah, like, your hair was like tamed. Now I look like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Krusty the Clown was not doing well. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was a good night, so... Uh, awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you. Good for you, champ. Good, good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Way to hustle. <laughs> Come on, hustle down the first baseline. At a B, kid. At <laughs> a boy. At a boy. At a boy. Oh God. So yeah, Connor McGrath, everyone. Enjoy.
welcome to the uh, welcome to the Comedy Think Tank podcast. Absolutely, I love uh, <laughs> recording a podcast in a cavern. <laughs> this guy was where you were. You would, I was listening to the uh, who was I listening to? Dennis Fogg on, and they were in a. You were in some loft. Yeah, we're in the we're in the upper floor of my my uh, garage. <laughs> my my garage has an upper floor to it. So Dennis Fogg is like a garage comic, and I'm like a little cavern comic. <laughs> I'm very troll like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone has their niche, right? So yeah. Is that the right way to say it? Uh, I don't even know where to start, but did you know that you and I both graduated from Deering High School? I did not know you were a Deering alumni. Yeah, 1998. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit before, yeah. my, before it, my time. It's, well, it's, uh, it's a good year. It was a good yes. year for wine. So for those of us who are from, from away, where is... Deering High School is... Uh, one of the greatest neighborhoods Deering, in all of Portland. Deering Center, yeah. Deering Center, right. Portland. It used to be its own community up until like the early 1900s. It was Deering Center, and then they just merged into Portland sometime in like the, I yep. can't remember, early 1900s. Yeah. Oh, okay. So right now it's actually, it's Portland. It's part, yeah. it's Portland, yeah. Okay. Stevens Avenue. Do you know where University of New England is? I don't know where anything is. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I know how to get to CBU. I know how to get, get home. That's it. <laughs> Right, There's well. no comedy venues really on Stevens Avenue, so it's hard to like. Not yet. I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm the same way with Auburn. Like, uh, and the, I only know it by the comedy venues. Like, I like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you where the high, Edward Little or Lewis and I are, but uh, uh, I know they exist. <laughs> I've heard of them, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not going to drive you there. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to drive anybody anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, growing up in that neighborhood, uh, wouldn't it be amazing if you could put up a comedy club there? If I mean there, what technically the fir, yeah no there was technically the first iteration of the Laugh Shack was in Deering Center in okay Tim, oh really Tim Hoffman's basement uh, it was uh, like he just he just started doing comedy again he stopped for a couple years and he was like I want to it was you know Portland didn't have a comedy club back then it's still in flux yeah. um hopefully empire comedy club will be back soon yeah. right but he was like well i might as well just start one in his ha my house and he had a very good it was his basement just happened to be very good for comedy it was like low ceiling like long nice. room yes could fit about you know 40 people and he had comics in his uh in his basement That's and so cool. uh a oh. first uh the owner of the skybox in westbrook saw yep that you know like wow like because the first few were just comedians fucking around, and then I was on like the fourth or fifth one. I had done one of the one one when it was just comedians fucking around, and then like there was one like five or six shows in where it was like all of a sudden like two dozen people showed up to watch. There was like, hey, like we heard there was like, yeah, like actual like audience members <laughs> that we didn't know, and we we're like, oh well, shit. I, I guess we got guess we got to be serious now. Yeah, for yeah, oh, I got to actually tell jokes, I not just bust on the crowd. Um, <laughs> No, and it was like, yeah, for some reason, Tim decided to, like, list it in the Phoenix. Like, it lists his address in the Phoenix and, like, Jesus. have people over. But, uh, yeah, so the, the somehow he got connected to the owner of the Skybox in Westbrook. That's where the Laugh Shack second location was. But Mark Olson, one of the one of the three owners of Lincoln's, was at one of the basement shows. And he was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for no for kidding. my bar when it opens next summer. And he entrusted Tim to uh, start the Laugh Shack at Lincoln's and then... Tim quit comedy again and bestowed it upon uh, the guys who ran the Portland Comedy Co-op for me. That's so it all, everything Laugh Shack at Lincoln started in Tim's basement. Tim's basement. And they like he had like uh, Sam Jay, who has that show yep. Pause on HBO now. She was in the basement, and it was 
It's insane to think back now. That's funny. Wow, what, really? year, what year yeah. would that have been? Do you... That would have been 2004, like late 2014, early 2015. Wow. But that was just before I started, so like, like yeah. I, I just missed it. Yeah, I used to do shows with Sam J. Sam J. probably started a little bit before me, but yeah. um, I would like. I remember the first time I saw her, she was the feature at the Shasky, and she wasn't even the closer. She was just featuring for Tim McIntyre, who's an older Boston comic. And yeah. it was like, even back then, like when she's doing jokes about family matters and she's like a young comic, it's like, oh my God, like she is next level. There's like a, only been a handful of comics where I've been like, yeah, like what the, you're not going to be featuring at the Shasky <laughs> right. for very long. <laughs> like we don't belong to be around you right now. Yeah. I feel like she was at, was she at Lincoln's one time? Yep, she's uh, she she calls Lincoln's. I was there that one, and that's um, she. I don't want to, t to talk too much dirt, maybe after the show, but yeah. no, she did great at Lincoln's. I wasn't at that show. I think I was at Boston that night, and she thought uh, Lincoln's was still in Tim's basement, so she came with down with a bottle of Hennessy, <laughs> and like, the bouncer was like, "No, no, no, we're at, at, we actually moved to a bar." No, no, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Though. <laughs> you can get this thing yeah. for five dollars. Oh man, that's crazy. Was that when you first started doing comedy, uh, 2014 or so? Or? No, I started, so it's like a long-winded origin story, because I did comedy off and on, mm -hmm. like, throughout since high school yep. and college. I would do it at, like, talent shows and stuff. But I consider my first, first official, like, start date was December 22nd, 2011. So my 10th anniversary is coming. That's my birthday. December 22nd is oh my, my birthday. Oh, my God. This oh, is such a cool. ser this serendipitous. Is, this is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, December 22nd, 2011, so almost 10 years. That's Almost crazy. 10 years, yeah. I'll be having my 10th anniversary show in December at Lincoln's. You're going to do something special? Yeah, I'm just going to do like a, a th half hour or something. Nice, excellent. Oh, awesome. Maybe I'll try to do an hour. I haven't did, I haven't done it. tried to do an hour since like I was way too young to do an hour. Did How far did oh. you make it? Did you make it almost to an hour? I did 57 minutes. No shit. This was like 2015, so I wasn't nearly as good as I am now. And yeah. like a lot of it was like... It was at Blue, and it was like at least like 20 minutes of the 57 minutes was being being like, oh, they're doing construction across the street. <laughs> somebody it's just like, walked hey. by the window. Yeah, hey, oh, somebody, hey, you got, you got the meatballs there? Those are, those are, I've never had the meatballs here. Are they good? Oh, man. That, that's still funny, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awesome. So you talked about the Portland Comedy Co-op. You, you mentioned people who ran it before you. you yeah. You're not a founding member? I'm like, not, not only am I not a founding member, I think I'm like generation... No, I'm generation two. I was the first non-original member. Oh, okay. So, so who, who first ran it and how did that transition? So the first people that ran it, it was a group. It was like when the Comedy Connection ended. So it was... They were like... They're like the class before me a little bit. They started in like 2009, 2010. Okay. And uh, when the comedy... They were comics that weren't really uh, ingratiated with the comic con comedy connection. Oh, they were like younger comics. They probably didn't get booked on a lot there, so they decided to book their own shows. But then the connection closed, and it was like, well, now we don't have anything. And uh -huh. yep. so they started out initially as a like a writing group, writing jokes together. But eventually, they decided to start an open mic at Spring Point Tavern in oh, near okay. Southern Maine Community College. Which, yep. incidentally, also uh, Bob Marley and George Ham had an open mic when they were baby comics as yeah. well so it's like a rite of passage huh. for like new comics to have a terrible open mic at spring point tavern <laughs> in south portland okay but it was uh will green and aaron willows hebert who uh both run the michigan comedy co-op now they i think they're more focused they have a food truck and uh ice cream and sandwich shop now yes i've seen the posts yes bangos and babe's corner their new uh, sandwich shop and ice cream shop out in lansing michigan it looks young okay yeah and then they james Spazuko. 
mm. and who is not really doing comedy. He's an attorney. I guess that's more important. <laughs> you get paid a little more. Yeah, to and, be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, Joe Timmons and uh, Travis Curran, who's running for city councilor in the city of Portland. He ran for mayor a few months back. So it's all people who've left or stopped doing comedy, but eventually like everybody kind of like trailed off and like I became close friends with Will and Aaron. Yep. And when they left for Michigan in 2016 and 17, they were like, well, Connor's the guy that we trust the most to do it. And I took it over and I joined in, I think 2005, I would say 2015. And then I took it over July, 2017 when Aaron left. Nice. And then I was like, I'm not gonna fucking run this shit by myself. All right. <laughs> so I added- It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's, I mean, I don't, oh I don't yeah. see, you have to have an incredibly huge ego and uh, amount of time on your hand to like run a little comedy monolith by yourself. Yeah. Like I respect people who do that, but it's like, I need, I need, I need somebody, I need a it to be a team effort and yep. you know, me and Anders have been producing comedy shows since we were in high school, and Michaela's great. She's, you know, she brings a different energy. So that was, those are the two that I brought in, and occasionally we brought people uh, in since then. Mm -hmm. Yep. It, it's, it's hard to run uh, a comedy show, let alone multiple comedy shows, and keep track of everybody, and answer emails, and then write your own shit, and, yeah. you know, pay attention to all those little things. Yeah. That, I'm looking forward. I'm like, uh, I'm going to be sort of stepping down as the head of the co-op. I'll still be in the co-op, but I'm going to hand over the reins to Anders at nice. the, the end of the fall and just be like, I, I want to focus on com uh, comedy. I'm like tired of comics being like, Connor, why are you still here? Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to like, you know, I, not that I don't love Maine. I, I mean, I freaking frick, I love Maine. I love the Maine comedy scene. I love yep. the people I've met, but it's like, I'm going to like push myself as a singular performer more. And, you yep. know, I'll let Anders worry about, uh, uh, not responding to open micers emails. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. I think. I think personally, you know, watching you perform, it, you you're destined for just something a little bit bigger than uh, Maine. <laughs> That's what I hope for. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know exactly where you'll land, but. Uh, I can picture I can picture a Netflix special in your future, <laughs> Low, <laughs> at yeah. the very least. <laughs> Low class, high functioning main man, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think about it sometimes, but yeah. I I, uh, I do enjoy watching you. Well, how did you come up with uh, low class, high functioning? Would that like that was actually um, that was I, I credit that one. That bit was a Tim Hoffman creation. Okay. Like me and Tim Hoffman would ride together to shows a lot when he was uh, back doing comedy in the mid 2010s, and I was like rattling on about pro wrestling or <laughs> Mister Mister or some kind of like obscure pop culture stuff, and he was like he was like God, you have low class, high functioning autism. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's it, it's it's. I don't know if it's necessarily one of your best bits, but it's like I, I when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. I can't. I gotta credit Tim for that one. Yep. Hopefully yep. he's he's listening to this somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is he one of the ten? <laughs> that pay attention? I think we're up to twelve listeners. Twelve, 12 now. listeners. Oh yeah. man. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we want to get into into Connor's bits necessarily, but I E D I U D U T I bit that. I've I've seen that several times. And the IED IUD uh, UTI bit. I think that was just like me getting them confused. Like it, it didn't happen in an instance <laughs> where I was actually in the in the throes of love making. But I I think I just brought it up on a car ride with some oh, okay. comics and was like, I don't know the difference between IEDs, IUDs, and UTIs. <laughs> uh, and they were like, Do that, do that, write that, write that, do that on stage. Yeah, that's how I get like most. I was just gonna say most of my bits is. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Those talking. are my best bits. I mean, I, I write on my own occasionally, but like, yep. 
it's really just off the cuff. A yeah. lot of it, just conversations with comics. And yeah. Okay. Do you keep like a notebook or? Yeah, or, yeah I keep. Okay. A, I have a. I have a little notebook um, that I jot down uh, ideas when the inspiration strikes. Um, I don't like type out like my entire bits. I like kind of like just free form uh, coming up with it. And but if event, a but eventually, works, I might just jot it down. Eventually, do you type it out? So because I've definitely seen you do, not necessarily verbatim, but. Yeah. It's memorization more than anything. Okay. I don't like type out like bits word for word. I just, you know, I j jot down bullet points, which is, you know, the interesting thing is I learned that from uh, the Kathy Griffin reality show, My Life on the D-List, back in the <laughs> oh, 2000s. Wow. Yeah. Like, they oh. showed, she was like, she was, she, there was an episode where they showed her backstage before a gig, and she had that method, and I was just like, oh, so that's how, like, comedians do, write their sets. So <laughs> well, that's how like, they do it. Yeah. But it turns out not everybody does it like Kathy Griffin. No, um, I don't think anyone. And, uh, <laughs> well, that's also where my, my jokes making fun of the Kardashians come from. That's primarily <laughs> Kathy Griffin influence. She's, uh, she's good. She's great. Yeah. yeah. I like her. I don't, I don't know where to go. We talk about your memory. Um, I was at Bull Feeney's one night with Mark Turcotte, <laughs> and he, started, he looked up uh, WWE WrestleManias, and you rattled off correctly every single... You, you missed this, Leonard. This no. was amazing. This yeah. was you know an every, amazing You know night. every match? or Yeah, probably like every match. Uh, at least I did back that, like four or five years ago when Turcotte would do that. He even brought it to the radio once when I was on his, uh, his radio show. He like was uh, coming up with wrestling, wrestling facts and asking me and challenging me on it, and I was just like... It, it was one after the other. After the, I mean, we, he, we probably went at least ten minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, was like it, yeah, it was, it was like you know oh, a typical wow. Bolfini's night where it's like eight <laughs> comedians huddled in the back and, and nobody else. But it was pretty impressive. Like, yeah. it, I don't, I don't, know, I don't even know if this is right. I should have looked this stuff up beforehand. But like, if if someone says WrestleMania five. Uh, do you need like a date or do you need like a how, I, how, I mean, how I, I mean WrestleMania 5 I know I think it was April April 2nd 1989 it was the 89 one yeah. <laughs> that was uh, Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan was the main event for the world title and then the Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude for the Intercontinental title what the hell and the, <laughs> the unbelievable. three on two handicap match demolition versus the powers of pain and Mr. Fuji for the tag team titles. Of course, yeah, of course yeah. it was. We're gonna we're gonna fact check this later, but <laughs> I believe he's right. I know you're right. I I, I know he is. Uh, it's it's unbelievable that. So was it just because you grew up watching it, or? Oh yeah, like, I, I mean I I've spent most of my life watching wrestling outside of a couple of years when I was in high school when it wasn't super cool, but. <laughs> Not that, I mean since it's, it's been super cool the the rest of the time but yeah. yeah I just I just like I love wrestling because wrestling I mean it's a, I think a lot of people on the spectrum like wrestling because there's so many like backstories and like yeah characters and like it kind of like all ties together it's like a never-ending history it's amazing because they like they're still referencing guys from the 80s and 90s and, are they okay yeah uh, what what is the what is it called now I, I I do not follow wrestling. And well, the major, like the major promotion is there's there's so many different types of wrestling. Which uh, my girl, my girlfriend's like, uh, unfortunately, come to learn, she was like, I didn't realize there are so many different kinds of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but the major ones, WWE. That's like the still, that's, that's the Disney exists. McDonald's of wrestling, formerly okay. WWF, and then yeah. formerly WWWF, and like my dad's era. Oh wow, WWWF. Yeah, it used to be the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, and then. 
I think right around the time Vince McMahon Jr., the, the famous Vince McMahon, took it over, he was like, this, the extra W is extraneous. We're just going to be WWF. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's... Now, you've posted pictures of local events. What, I mean, how... Like, you know how baseball has minor league and whatnot? Yeah. Does wrestling have all that, too? Yeah, like the wrestling tiers? has, like, tiers. Like, it's not as organized as baseball. There's not a, uh, a particular... Uh, Single A and Double A, but Farm like League. WWE has their own like Triple A now NXT, which is also on the USA Network, and then there's like smaller promotions like Limitless. Actually, the promotion that I usually post pictures from, they draw like like 300 people a month to the AMVETS in Yarmouth. No kidding. Yeah, it's good, and they have like these you know wrestlers that are on national TV and like wow. you know secondary promotions to WWE. But uh, yeah, they're 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 great, and it's. It's inspiring. To, they inspire me. The promoter Randy's like 22 years old, and he started Limitless when he was he get, he started it as his like high school graduation present. No kidding. His parents gave him like his all the he took all the money that his parents and his relatives gave him for his high school graduation and started an independent wrestling promotion. Jesus, what? <laughs> really? Yes, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. But yeah, he's worked. He he worked on like wrestling shows since he was like 13 or 14, and then like he was like, oh, instead of using this like 700 bucks. To uh, to like put buy a laptop. on my car. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm gonna put on a wrestling show. And, oh, and it's is successful. It's Holy turned shit. into like yeah, like uh, it's like people you know people talk about it in like New York and California. It's like one of the biggest independent promotions in the country. Oh shit! Well, that's which awesome. is like insane because like main main wrestling it was like the butt of like the joke in New England wrestling. It was like you know hillbillies and clowns and. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Wow. Uh, have you? No, who, yeah. Who's the, isn't there a wrestler from Westbrook? Um, uh, is it not Scotty Too Hotty? Was he from Westbrook, Maine? Scotty Too Hotty? Yeah. Uh, he's from Wyndham, Westbrook or Wyndham. Wyndham was, he lives in Florida now. He okay. works as a trainer for WWE. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did you ever meet him? Yes. I met him once when he, he did a signing at the Scarborough Hannaford's. He okay. was out with like a neck injury for like a year. <laughs> he, so he was not in a, he was not, it was not a particularly like memorable, like, he was looking understandably like not in the most festive mood. He's, he's kind of looking like, like the rest of us. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like signing autographs in a grocery store. It's like it's not going to be like I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be very chipper. Nah, I wouldn't uh, imagine, especially the Scarborough Hannaford. That's a nice Hannaford. It is, but the people there. Oh just, yeah, it's probably like. Well, if you got to be signing autographs in a Hannaford, you want to be a nice one. I yeah, suppose. it'd be a nice one, but you want to, like, I don't think, yeah, I don't know if people who watch wrestling go to the Scarborough Hannaford's. It was not, a, like, a particularly well-attended autograph signing. Oh. <laughs> who's, who's that guy in front of the lamb chops? <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, do you like other uh, combat sports um, or just... The wrestling because of the stories and stuff. Like, do you watch UFC and stuff like that? Or? UFC, like I've watched it before. It's not my favorite. Um, I like boxing. Okay, I used to. I used to really be into boxing in like the '90s and 2000s. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a huge boxing fan, so we'd watch boxing together. Nice. And uh, yeah, I used to like boxing back then, but not not as much now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's get back to comedy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, we we know you from Lincoln's, of course, and the Portland Comedy Co-op, and you had a show at Blue. How far have you gone with comedy? Like, what, what's 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 the your reach been? Have you gone out to Michigan and visited those guys? And I've gone out to Michigan. I've performed uh, probably the furthest I've been away geographically was San Francisco. I performed oh, wow. in San Francisco for uh, the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival there. Nice. And uh, that's as far as I've gone. I've gone to San Francisco, done Michigan, uh, New York. I've done. 
I've done Montreal once, mm -hmm. back when Rachel Gendron lived there, and nice. so I'm technically international. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you mentioned Montreal. Uh, you were like this close to going to Just for Laughs before the pandemic? Am I wrong? Or? I'm not this. I was on one of the audition shows okay. and, uh, that was supposed to happen in April 2020. I got invited by the bookers of uh, one of the bookers for Laugh Boston to do that. And uh, that was like a couple weeks after the pandemic started. So that went down the drain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I still talk to them occasionally. So yeah. maybe the next time they have a full blown laugh just for laughs audition, I'll, I'll be on the docket, hopefully. But yeah, that would be one of my big goals is to do just for laughs, new faces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's because even, you know, even if, uh, even if it does, nothing happens after that, I could be on the list with somebody else who got who got. Right, exactly. and was like, I was all of them. <laughs> well, I mean, I could. Do, I mean, I already do that now. I was talking about doing Shaskeen with Sam J. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've it's, already encountered a few people that have. Uh, it's a credit. I mean, yeah. to, uh -huh. to to some extent, uh, you've 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 done shows down in Boston, New York, and stuff. Oh so. yeah, a lot a lot of Boston stuff. I'm before the pandemic, I was down in Boston probably like twice a month. Nice. I was doing you know. Pretty much everything except for the club and the comedy studio, I would do, you know, every room there. Nice. Excellent. And uh, you, you talked about being on the autism spectrum. And, like, is, is that, like, what sort of challenges that present for you or connecting with audiences or, or, or is it? Or, I mean, you talk about it a lot on, on stage, but is it actually a challenge for you? It's, I was actually just talking about this with an audience member at Lincoln's. It's not really being on stage, because being on stage is like I'm talking, like it's not an interactive thing. It's like after the show, like act, act, talking to people after the show and like okay. handling dumb audience questions and like <laughs> comedy drama. It's like I find it a lot easier to just talk to a group of you know, 20 to a couple hundred people than it is to talk to a group of one to five people. It's like, it's oh, a little really? bit more challenging. And it's like, especially since uh, the pandemic ended, it's been like absolutely slamming after shows. Like every show uh, has been hopping for the past month. And it's like, everybody's like, people are like talking in every direction. It's like very sensory. So the sensory portions of comedy, uh, sometimes I get bothered by the lights on stage, which is why I usually have my eyes closed on stage, mm -hmm. oh, so, so okay. it doesn't so it doesn't affect it. Like, so and uh, it's kind of like meditative too. Like I'm just kind of like in my zone with my eyes closed on stage. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew it was the lights. I thought I thought it was like it's not like, like people are okay. like uh, people are. It's it doesn't really. It doesn't like pain me. The lights don't pain me, but I find it easier to do with my eyes closed and kind of concentrate, try to f focus on my set. Because I've had, you know, bookers and hosts be like, are the lights like hurting you? Are you in like physically pained <laughs> by the seats? Like, and it's like, okay. it's, it's not quite that bad, but it's just like, I find it easier it, to shut it all out than like, you know. But it's, I mean, it's caused, it's backfired a few, uh, few times just one or two times when I was like, I have my eyes closed and I open them up and like somebody's like a foot away from me, like <laughs> a crazy truck person is like, ah! like, I was like, maybe I should tell jokes with my eyes. <laughs> it happened at Empire uh, Comedy Club. Uh, once I was doing a set there and there was this just drunk, loud mouth lady there and she tried to grab the mic away from me. Uh, what? And it was, it was, it was so funny. It was so funny because I was like, uh, I didn't know what to, it was, like, I, I, I did not handle it uh, that well, but then nobody really handled it well. I was like, hey, uh, 
Ian Stewart was hosting the show, and uh, I, I was like, hey, Ian, uh, and he couldn't, like, corral the woman, and oh, he, Ian was like, Lucas, the owner, <laughs> like, the owner of Empire Comedy Club, eventually, it took, like, three people, it, it took, like, Ian, Lucas, and the, like, bouncer to, like, get this woman off stage. That's great. Was it the last time Leah went to a show, or? <laughs> that's, how I, that's how we met, actually. <laughs> Oh my God! No, that's crazy. So you're you're when you say your eyes are closed, your eyes are closed. You're, you're I open them. I open them occasionally because I always I want to be like conscientious of the mm -hmm. light. So I always ask the ho booker and host oh, like okay. I'm like because there's been times when I've had my eyes I've gotten in a rhythm. I've had my eyes closed on stage and I go like four minutes over my set time. Yeah. So it's like I always I I pop them open occasionally and sometimes I pop them open to like. Uh, time like a like a headline like sync yeah. up a headline yeah. like the uh, uh, like I think yeah, IUD IED joke I do it once like yeah. <laughs> that means you can ejaculate and when I say when the like lady says ejaculate it means you can ejaculate at me and whenever you like I'm like pop my eyes open I'm like wow <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, it does work. Yeah. Even, even just you doing it just now. Wow. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I can picture it. That's funny. Yeah. It's a little cherry on top. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Well, how do you... I'm trying to think now because you, I'm, I'm always looking at people and like how they react. You don't, do you yeah, not don't, give a shit? I don't, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's, I'm a very self-centered performer. Like, um... I just like being in my own zone, and it's yeah. it's. Um, You're gonna you know, do. No, I, I kind of. I, I mean, I, I if a, somebody yells something at me, I can I can figure it out back. But it's like I'm not gonna seek it out. Right, right, right. Because it's like it's not part of my my shtick. Like I'm not. You're not Mr. a crowd, crowd worker. worker. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I probably I could probably do it now better mm -hmm. than I could a few years ago. But it's not like where it's not my you know I know my strengths and. Talking to people is not my strength. <laughs> anybody who's listened to the last uh, half hour of this podcast. <laughs> no, this is great. Oh, wow, that's funny. Um, yeah. So what What other, uh, I guess, who are your sort of comedy influences? Like, who do you, who do you like yeah. to, to So it, believe it or not, my, uh, my, like, college thesis, my senior thesis was, like, uh, like stand-up uh, pop culture... Stand-up depictions of stand-up in pop culture. So I studied, you know, basically like every movie and TV show that was written about stand-up. Oh, and I okay. also had a paper about Richard Pryor. And I, you know, went down to New York and uh, went to the Museum of Film and Television. Wow. Watched old clips of Richard Pryor on their uh, little tape machine. I guess this mm -hmm. is 2010, so it was still like, like, it wasn't all on a laptop. Apparently they took me to like a little video room <laughs> and I would go, I would, uh, I, w I would go to like, uh, I didn't go to the cellar for some reason. I went to comic, like the club that's closed now. I think it's called comics. It was on like 16th street. And I saw Donald yeah. Glover back when Donald Glover oh. did stand up. Wow. And it was wow. Hannibal Burris was the feature yeah. and Sean Patton was the host. And then I went to a stand-up showcase at uh, UCB a couple nights later that Hannibal Burris was also on. So Hannibal Burris was like the guy, like for some reason, like I, I thought like, oh, this guy's, he's like, I thought I, I liked stand-up, but I didn't think I could do it successfully because I'm not a, like a punchline, like a super, I mean, I am super high energy, but I'm not like the traditional stand-up energy. Yeah. But like Hannibal Burris is like, it's kind of like a weird, he's like unique and kind of yeah. like, you know, 
I thought I was like, oh, like I can sort of be like, right, right. Well, if he can do it that way, then I can do it my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you when you do as you study stand up comedy more and watch more people and and you realize like there's no rules. Right. You can do whatever you want. You can talk about whatever you want. In, in, right. In, it doesn't in, even have to. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be funny all the time. It right. should be at least somewhat funny. There should be some comedic element. Otherwise, you're doing slam poetry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm just. I. I was just a huge fan when I started doing stand up, and then it's all been downhill ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Are you addicted to it? Will you ever stop? Do you think you'd ever stop? Can you uh, but, picture yourself like an old person's home somewhere someday? Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing it. I don't know if I'll be like the old guy telling jokes. I don't know. I like during the pandemic, honestly, like towards the end of the pandemic, like like three or four months ago, I was like, maybe I won't come back. Maybe I'll just uh, use my writing degree instead. And it's just like, <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, maybe, I, but it was just it literally, it just literally like one show. It's like, oh, it just had to remember what I missed. Right. Right. Yep. From that, what, what, do you remember the first time you got a laugh? Uh, like, you, like uh, I don't know, like, I, like as, as a kid, yeah, as a kid, crowd or, I used to, I used to, my family used to love it when I mispronounced things. That was like my first thing because <laughs> oh, really? we, when we moved from Mundroy Hill to Deering Center, I used to like whenever we used to ride by the Kentucky Fried Chicken that used to be on Woodford's Corner, I would used to yell out, "Freaky eyed chicken, freaky eyed chicken, freaky eyed chicken." <laughs> That was like my first. I was like three. You're like three years old. Yeah, and they're laughing at you. And, and I would just. Like, I was like. I was. Uh, yeah. I would just. At, at a certain point, I knew that they laughed at me saying "freaky eyed chicken," so I was like conscientious of it. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in your act to this day. Yeah. <laughs> freaky eyed chicken closer. <laughs> in high school, you did talent shows. You said. Yeah, I did uh, talent shows, and uh, I did a sketch in an improv comedy group. Uh, me and Anders Nielsen and another, a couple other people formed nice. a sketch and improv comedy. They were like, we want to do our own version of SNL at Deering High School. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. And is that where you first did stand-up also? Uh, I think I did stand-up at, um, at like a fine arts night, which was what we called our, our uh talent shows and I would do I would do a lot more impressions back then. But also in high school. In high yeah, school. Yeah, high school, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I can't imagine being in high school and nope. doing comedy on stage in front of Oh, it's not out. good. It's yeah. like <laughs> it was I mean, like I said, it was mostly impressions. Okay. My friend Kenny would do he was like the other stand up and he would literally do like he would do like Abbott and Costello's who's on first and it's just <laughs> oh okay so at least it was like I was like ah you know I'm not I might not be the like best act on the talent show but at least I'm not doing like 70 year old Abbott and Costello routines like <laughs> doing nobody in like 2005 is gonna get I have some more recent material <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm doing I'm doing I did an impression of uh I was like what if Al Pacino starred in da- the sequel to Daddy Daycare <laughs> Oh, we got to hear it. We got to hear it. Uh, these kids are crapping their pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then this other student, the student body at Deering High at that point, but it was just sat there and going like, oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I, I did an impression of Rocky running for some reason. I remember that was like, I wasn't even, I was just like, I'd like sing the Rocky th- as theme song and like run around the auditorium. <laughs> so no, no words. You're just running. I would, I would be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> 
And then I think I, at the end I would do like a ooh. Okay. Do some uh, yeah. So my impressions were at least like 20 years old. So it was a little bit. But more than uh, better more than, than Kenny's. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> A little more time. <laughs> a little bit more contemporary. <laughs> uh, do you, you don't have any impressions now, do you? Like, you don't... You don't no, I think the last impression I did on stage, I did... Um, I used to do a Bill Cosby impression, which I... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, three years into comedy. And the worst thing is, I there was another comedian, like, a year or two after, the, you know, that whole... I stopped doing my Cosby thing. She was like, Connor, I really hope you haven't let the current events like prevent you from doing your Cosby impression. I was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I think you got your priorities in the wrong place. Yeah. What's funny is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If it was, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. No, it wasn't worth it. No, no. I, what do you okay. what do you think about Cosby now? Would you book him? If, if I would not book Cosby at Lincoln's. No, <laughs> oh, he's available now. He's available. He's available. Yeah. And then they were the comedy clubs. He's, his lawyer said comedy clubs are in the interest is there. The For real? What? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. No, there's plenty of other comedians, up and coming, and, yeah. and, and even even people that have been around and they're in their 40s and 50s and whatnot that <laughs> could be booked over Bill Cosby. For Christ's sakes, that's ridiculous. What's what's your favorite part about booking shows? My favorite part of shows is like on a night like Thursday night when it's like it's packed, it's a great audience and there's great comics and it's a, a, a diverse group of voices. Um, mm -hmm. I think and I'm presenting something different than anything else that's being presented in Maine. No offense to the river comics. <laughs> it's just it's good. It's like it's yeah, it's just nights when it's like when it all when it all uh, when it all works out, it makes it worth, you know, the the lineups that aren't so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, I mean, it's like, I still have lineups uh, sometimes where there are more mics than women on the show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy to do. There's like four mics in main comedy. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of, sometimes it's just, uh, statistically speaking, nature of the beast. Um, uh, what's, what's your least favorite part? My least favorite part is, um, I don't like, I, don't like rejection, so I don't like I don't like being mean to people, and I don't like I don't like confrontation because comics are naturally confronting people. Luckily, there's only been a few examples of comics that have been um, very confrontational, but I don't like confrontation and mm -hmm. just you know I don't like and I don't like bad comedy. But luckily, like there's you know I don't book bad comics so. Yep. But once in a while, there'll be like a set where it's like, Ooh. I don't, yeah. 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 There's some comics that like, that are like maskists apparently that like really like bad comedy. They like to watch other comics bomb, but it's like, I can't handle it. Like if I'm at an open mic and I hear this, like this next performer, it's their first time on stage. I go walk outside and pace because I can't like, I can't, it makes <laughs> yeah, me anxious. No, wow. you, you definitely feel it. It's, it's in the air. It's in the room. You're watching them and they're still uh -huh. going. We had an open mic the other night and a guy out of the, he wasn't a comic. So he didn't have any prepare much, and he got up there and, and like within two minutes, I'm texting Leonard like, "Light, you gotta light oh him! God, like, God, do yeah. something, get him out of here!" Because you can feel the <laughs> pressure feel, in the room. Just like, oh, oh, uh, it was the so air bad. is just heavier right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then he did a bad Bob Marley impression, and it was Bob Marley, the reggae singer, or Bob Marley, the comedian. The comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. it was hard See, to tell. I, it was hard my, to tell. It was hard my, to tell. Yeah. One of my first bits was I uh, used to do an impression of Bob Marley. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I was started doing comedy at Solange in end of 2011, early 2012, and 
that was the one like the other comedians love because they like main like the, there's nothing low level main comedians love more than hating on the most successful main comedian. <laughs> people do do that, don't they? Yeah, people like people like yeah like just randomly on like the Portland Comedy Cooper Laugh Shack page and was like ah it's great to see like a a real like main comedy show like not with that like goof hack Bob Marley. And I was like, <laughs> like what? Okay. He's yeah, uh, no, quite was, successful. Yeah, he's quite successful. I love uh, yeah I love Bob Marley, but it's like I, I just let him have it. I let him, but I'm not going to argue with them about. No, you can't. Yeah, there's, there's I'm no sure reason. Bob Marley's just crying into f- wads of <laughs> Benjamin Franklin's at right. a house in Cumberland. Yeah, exactly. He's all doing the, just fine. These hundred dollar bills are all done now. They've got <laughs> tears on them. <laughs> what do you What do you think of the overall poor? Uh, not Portland, but the main comedy scene. I mean, uh, I think it's I think it's really good, and I think once Empire is back up and running, like we will be, you know, the strongest it's been since I've started comedy this funny thing is like i started comedy eight or nine months before the comedy connection closed Mm -hmm. so it's been closed basically the entire time i've been doing comedy and uh we've just kind of been like wandering the hills like looking for uh, a home and now we have (laughs) Uh we'll have a home again hopefully soon we had one for a couple months and then (laughs) but (sighs) yeah no but i like it's like it's good you know we have like good scenes and we have like little you know Different scenes. You got the Lewiston Auburn scene up here. You got a lot of good comics developing. You got you know Portland Comedy Co-op. You know there's you know young comics like Moa Wale, and it's just you know it's exciting. It's exciting to watch young comics develop and yeah. different voices. It's like a lot more diverse than it was even when I started. Yeah, oh, yeah, even just a few years. Yeah, yeah, it's become very diverse. Thank it's you, amazing. Leonard. <laughs> No, but it's like we got... I'm here to bring diversity. Yeah. But, like, seriously, like, when I was, you know, started doing comedy, it was dudes and maybe a few women. But now we got, you know, all... We got, you know, across the spectrum, autism spectrum. We got, you know, people, LGBT community. So it's it's great. I, I love seeing, you know, different voices come up on stage. And that's the, I mean, that's the thing, you know, that's what we've tried to promote at the Portland Comedy Co-op as best as we can. It's main, there's only so much we can do. But right, yeah, yeah. Just, right. you know. But you're bringing, you're bringing comedians. When, when you have a show at Lincoln's, every show is like people, you know, there's people local, but there's people coming from away. And yeah, it, and it's I mean, all yeah, yeah, we had, yeah. You guys yeah, do a really good job. Los Angeles comics, yeah. We've had comics from literally all over the country. Yeah. Some of your bigger uh, names that you've had there, uh, do they comment on how great a room that actually is? Yes. Uh, because it seems like the perfect spot. That- yeah. I mean, you know, I would say like there's like 99% of people enjoy it. And yeah. then the 1% that don't enjoy it are just people that are just kind of naturally grouchy. And they're going to, yeah, they're going to be, <laughs> they're going to no find something to bitch about. But exactly. like, yeah, people, people, you know, national touring comics that have done television and all the major rooms have raved about Lincoln's. Yeah, for the shows I've been you know, that I've seen there at Lincoln's, you you got to try hard to really not like what's going on there. Yeah, so it's a really fantastic. There's scene. been a, yeah, the, I mean, I've been involved with Lincoln's since it started in 2015, and I've ran it since 2017. Uh-huh. Uh, the honest, honest to God, I've the, the the amount of bad shows at Lincoln's is probably like about a half dozen out of like the hundreds and hundreds of shows. Yeah, that you're we've doing done. a show every Thursday. We're and, doing yeah, and, like 50, 50 to fifty two shows a year, and it's like. You know, maybe that ranks out to maybe one bad show a year. It yeah. just takes like, it takes something really weird to happen to have a bad show at Lincoln's. Mm-hmm. There, there was I saw a picture from um, last week or two weeks ago maybe, and the, just 
the number of people, the sea of people that were in there yeah. was just incredible to yeah. look at. It was like, oh man, I wish I was there. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I would, wasn't sure what it would be like coming back from the pandemic. Um, I, I knew that the first one would be pretty good, yeah. but I thought it would taper off a little bit. But it's been like this Thursday was our biggest audience, I think, ever since I've ran it. And I've ran it two thirds wow. of the time it's been around. So I'm assuming it's the biggest ever. Yeah, like two, two or so weeks ago when I was there and I'm walking up and you guys are outside and you're like, sorry, we're yeah. so so. so like, what do you mean sold out? Sold, sold out. We're like if I'd known capacity. that we would be uh, talking about this on the podcast, I would have squeezed you in. <laughs> That's <all right>. Yeah. <laughs> no, we squeezed in later. We went and got another beer and then I yeah. came back. But, but like it was, it was just it's yeah, it's really, been, it's it been really crazy. Awesome yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been good audiences. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And you know Empire, the news about Empire is getting better. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but yeah. there was a time when it looked like it, we might not have a club to come back to. So, but right. I'm hopefully it's getting yeah. closer every day. Knock on wood. Knock yeah. on wood. Yeah. No, I think I think things are getting back uh, to uh, pre-pandemic uh, levels, for yeah. lack of a better word. And, yeah, right. You know, I think we all have good opportunities coming up in the yeah. next, uh, you know, little while. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, you, you got Lincoln's. You, you're, what else are you looking for in the future? Uh, and, yeah, are you really going to move away? And <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to move away. I think I'm just going to pursue the Boston comedy scene more, maybe take some more New York trips. Like, I don't think I'm at the stage where the connections I've built at Lincoln's and, you know, on shows that I've met, uh, comics that I've met at Boston shows, like I could probably do like a week or two stretch in New York a couple times a year and yeah. hit up some rooms and do that. I don't think, I don't know if right now if moving to New York is in the cards, but I would like, certainly like to get to New York and to Boston more and hopefully uh, get to back to do another Just for Laughs audition and do Just for Laughs and just, you know, kind of build up the resume and uh, get my face seen out there so I'm a, I can be a touring comic. Right. Right, right, right. You, uh, you want everyone going to record a CD, you think? Or, or not? I don't think people do CDs <laughs> anymore. Uh, you going to do a record? Yeah, a record. You're going to get a vinyl record? I'm going to get a pho- yeah, phonograph. <laughs> All the old 78 RPM. I wish I wasn't so old. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might, I might I probably, maybe by the end of the, maybe if not this year, the next year for sure. I yeah. think it's at some point it's like, you know, I'm almost 10 years in. Like, I got to document something for the first decade. Right. I mean, how often do you record your sets? Are you going to record your, your birthday show? Yeah, if you do an uh, hour, you definitely yeah, should. Not, definitely not your gonna, birthday yeah. show, but the, uh, your anniversary show. Yeah, yeah. Show. I, will, I will record that in some capacity at okay. least. If, it, if I don't release it professionally, I'll, I'll really uh, record it for myself. Yeah. No, I don't really record my sets too often. Mike Gray recorded my set here, the last set I did here at uh, CBU, but... Um, no, I don't. I don't record or listen to my sets back. I'm kind of an oddball in that sense, but okay. you know, I know what I said. <laughs> I don't. Want I, to say, I don't need to hear it again. You know what's funny? Come on. I heard. Yeah, the let's laughter. move on. We I heard the laughter. We yeah. heard the laughter. And if I didn't hear the laughter, I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that your voice is back after that uh, three or four sets in a row you had, and you came to Trinken oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, and it was not struggling, but uh, you could definitely hear. I had a honk to my voice. Yeah, that was oh, like. Really? three shows and three nights, which is, you know, pretty, it was pretty common before the pandemic, but it was, it was weird. Cause that was like literally the first Lincoln's back. Then I did a show. So, Oh, I did a show outdoors show in at maps right across next yeah. to Portland. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I <laughs> just was not used to it. 
not used to my vocal cords, couldn't handle it. I just need, uh, yeah, I just would need to figure out volume control better. <laughs> I guess that's my next goal. Is I don't want to blow out my voice when that's I'm about true. to go on Colbert or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Can't have, can't have that. that would be bad. Yeah. So uh, what what is your beef with Slugger the Sea Dog? I just don't like that he he won't race uh, he won't race adults, and I want to. <laughs> I said it's the kids challenge and it's like I, you know we can we can we don't have to race at Hadlock we can go to the Deering High School track. Or... <laughs> He's scared. Slugger scared. is scared. Uh, that's a good transition to our so the the final segment we'd like to do on, on interviews is called Curse to Darkness. So there's a there's a idiom that goes I'd rather light a candle than curse to darkness. So it means like I'd rather do something about issues or problems instead of just complaining about them. Uh, so in opposition to that, we'd like you to actually curse the darkness. So talk about something you want to complain about. Uh, it can be about Slugger. That's fine, too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> complain about something that you don't plan on burning any calories to, to, to fix or do anything to, to, to rectify. Uh, I would say, and this is in a non-comedy context, I, yeah. but in, in my day job with customer service, I would uh, curse the thing that I curse the darkness about on a daily basis is uh, small talk with strangers, just like strangers okay. who like making too much small talk. They're just like, hey, how's your day going? I'm like, oh, 4th of July weekend, you, know, you got some breath. <laughs> so it's like, I like literally, I like barely care about small talk with people that I do like. <laughs> like if, you know, Leonard was asking me about the holiday weekend, I'd be like, oh, all right, but, but let alone like, like how do people, like I don't get how like neurotypical, non-autistic people, for people who don't know the term, I don't get how like neurotypical have the capacity to pretend to care about basically everyone. It's like, it's I just, hard. It's, it's hard, trust me. Exhausting. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how you guys do it. It's like ridiculous. It's like, oh, how about the weather? It's all the Patriots. Do so you think they're going to be? Well, you know, like, I'm going to make the playoffs this year. So I'm just like, I just, I'm just trying to pump my gas. Stop yeah. talking to me. Yeah. hundred percent agree. The people, yes. people who do that at re, like in public restrooms, those guys, those are the bane of my existence. I got a shy bladder, and uh, <laughs> people are like, hey, how's it flowing? Like, not good anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I agree with this one. I definitely do. It's uh, neurotypical is the phrase. Neurotypical is a phrase. Yeah. yeah, for people not on the spectrum. Okay. Ugh, I hate. Just for clarification, what what is what do you call it? What you have is it? Are you on on the spectrum? What what is what, autism, what just, autism spectrum disorder? Autism spectrum disorder. Okay. And, Asperger's syndrome, but I stopped referring it to Asperger's syndrome after I read a book called, I'm going to mess it up. The autism community reading this is going to break me over the coals. <laughs> <laughs> called In a Different View, I think it was about the history of autism. And Dr. Asperger, he was like a, he was a child psychiatrist. And um, if he, he was a, a child psychiatrist in 1930s and 1940s Germans, Germany. So if he didn't send people to concentration camps, apparently he was, mm. didn't do much to stop certain uh, yeah. okay. uh, mentally deficient people to get sent from the concentration camps. So I don't okay. feel comfortable calling it Asperger's syndrome anymore. I think it's kind of starting to get slowly phased out. So, yeah. I haven't okay. heard the phrase in a, in a long time myself. Yeah, I think so, Asper yeah. autism spectrum disorder or just autism. It's just yeah. high functioning is kind of uh, kind of passe now too because people don't like to like rate functionism based mm -hmm. on you know mm -hmm. it's kind of incorrect with the uh, autism community. Okay, 
So, okay. well, thank thank you for clarifying. But I can say it because it's yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> you guys can't say it, but I, can I, say think, it. I think I referred to it as Asperger's before, and someone has corrected me, and I was like, well, I think I think Connor called it Asperger's. I don't I don't know. Yeah, but like, now I, yeah, I used to up until like a year or two ago. I, okay. uh, I think right before the pandemic, I just started saying autism spectrum disorder. But okay, well that's cool. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate you clarifying. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, well. Connor, thank you, thank you very much. Absolutely, for thank being you, Leonard. On the podcast, this was this was great having thank you. Thank you, Nick. I have to go to the bathroom actually right now, and I hope <laughs> nobody talks to me while I'm in there. Yeah, so just bring the microphone with you, so yeah. you get a long court. Okay. <laughs> Crackling rules, get on board. I, 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 I hope we don't get sued by Neil Diamond for using <laughs> one line of his song. Right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Us. All right, Connor McGrath, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Leonard. Thank yeah. you. That was Connor. so much fun. Thank you. That was Connor McGrath, twice voted Maine's funniest comedian by the Portland Phoenix. Uh, he's been really, he was really great for the comedy scene in Maine. Uh, we really enjoyed having him on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I think I voted for him at least both those times um, for uh, the funniest comedian contest or, or the funniest comedian uh, poll that they did. Uh, well deserving. Um, gotta love Connor McGrath. Yep. And uh, we realized that we, we didn't talk about some other things that we wanted to speak with him about. So uh, hopefully we'll have him on soon again, and uh, that'll be a real treat. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Um, do a little comedy roundtable. So thanks again to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tank wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at comedythinktank at gmail.com and uh, be sure to have a great day. Thanks all. Theme music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the Comedy Think Tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. Fucking professionals.